Do you ever take any of those gummy vitamins? They're everywhere now. The industry changed a few years back and the whole vitamin industry went to gummies. The problem is the industry reduced the amount of vitamins in those what are supposed to be vitamins by 44%. Can you even call that a vitamin? They also raised the sugar content by 7% as if us men really need to be addicted to anything else in our lives. Add more sugar to a vitamin. Well, we're going to get the full breakdown in this conversation, which is fascinating. I'm talking to Sana Van Kampen. He is the founder of Tonic Health, and he is doing amazing work to bring sugar-free vitamins to the vitamin industry. And I'm sure it's going to expand into a lot more based on the work he's doing. He's got a fascinating story about growing up as a soccer player, uh, his upbringing as a kid. But what really hits home is how he's doing work to change the vitamin industry. And he's got a lot of momentum right now. Enjoy this conversation with Sana Van Kampen. From- hey, y'all, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Committed Man Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Donovan Owens, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, Sana Van Kampen. Sana, how you doing, man? Very well. Thanks for having me, Donovan. Yeah, for sure. And actually, you're, you're a new friend in my life. I met you, I think, back in January was the first time at the Empowered Brotherhood. And since then, we've connected, had some good conversations. I really love what you're doing with the whole Tonic Health brand, and we'll get more into that later. But yeah, I just knew I wanted to connect with you and go deeper and give you a chance to kind of get the word out about what you stand for and um, you know what Tonic Health is all about. But before we get there, just give me some so a little bit of rundown. It sounds like you've spent some time in the UK. So tell me about, uh, yeah, kind of where you were born and what, what had your interest as you were growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, so, I mean, I was actually born in uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, um, but moved to England when I was like five years old, hence mm. the quite English accent. Uh, and then grew up in the Devonshire countryside in England. So childhood was you know, going to the beach, surfing and like mountain biking through forests and things like that. So had quite like outdoorsy, sporty childhood. Um, And then from there, you know, I actually, weirdly, I grew up in a place called Totnes, um, which was quite a spiritual like microcosm of, um, you know, I'd say there's quite a population of like, you know, old hippies from the 80s. They then went there and had their kids. And uh, my, my, I guess I could class my mum as one of those. And so I, I mentioned that because that was what kind of got me into my first introduction of like naturopathic medicine, health food, um, you know, not eating McDonald's and Starbucks and, mm. you know, eating real food and vegetables and, you know, all this stuff. But as any kid does, you go through that like rebellious phase where you're like, I just want to eat McDonald's and Starbucks and like, leave me alone. I don't want all this healthy stuff. Um, so I kind of fully rebelled and then fully went kind of 180 degrees and came back to kind of health and my body and what it was doing when I was at university. Um, I was studying business at the time, but playing you know, for my university soccer team and, you know, got, was playing for the first team and was, you know, at that time I was like, right, I want to perform, I want to do well, I want to, you know, look after myself and start to understand, 
you know, how I felt after going to the gym and eating more protein and, you know, just the basics of what you do when you're young and you're 21 and, but just got fascinated by it. And because I'd had all this grounding from my kind of upbringing that I'd rebelled against, I started to realize actually a lot of what my mom was on about was like on the money and it actually made a real difference um, to how I felt mm. and how I went about things. So I'd kind of, you know, left this childhood arena of like quite a free spirited childhood, rebelled to that, wanted to be in business. So I was studying business um, at university and then got this kind of inkling for what health could do and what it could mean for people and how important it was for me personally that then kind of, I guess, shaped me into where I am today, which is wanting to build a business that actually changes the health industry mm. from the inside out. Because I think actually my biggest bugbear was that if you want to be healthy, you had to make loads of sacrifices and compromises in taste in price you ended up spending loads more money a lot of the natural and organic foods were like incredibly bland and poor like and just not well produced and so what i wanted to try and do was say okay well you know we know everyone needs to be healthy how can i bring that to more the mainstream the mass market and affect real change at population level um without there having to be a sacrifice without it having to be really expensive or like it tastes like crap but you do it because it's healthy um, so those were probably in a nutshell that was probably the the childhood and the upbringing and where I'm from that has kind of nav shaped me and molded me into my philosophies of health and business today yeah so uh, you covered a lot of ground there so I want to try to do our best to compartmentalize it all so that people can get a really good understanding so it sounds like soccer was your sport growing up did you play any other sports mainly soccer but then just like what you did with your mates. Like I used to BMX, I used to mountain bike, we used to go surfing. Like I've done a bit of it all really. Like, but yeah. the main one I've done consistently was soccer and played more competitively. Yeah. Okay. And so through those younger years, what was one of the biggest challenges that you faced that, that um, was that you would consider a milestone or a turning point for you as, as a young kid or a young adult? Just, just a big milestone that you can remember. That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, there's a few things that stick out. Um, I guess one of them, you know, from from a business point of view, was uh, you know I was only 16 at the time, but I was already like messing around on eBay and trying to sell stuff and make money and hustle. And I built like a little eBay business that got to a point where I was doing like 250 pounds a week. So about $300 a week in sales. And for a 16 year old that was just at school and didn't have any outgoings, I was like, wow, this is like good money. Um, mm -hmm. And just understanding the mechanics of what's possible, what's in my control. Um, and, you know, creating opportunity like that was, it was quite interesting to see that at a young age because that then, you know, as a milestone, I guess gave me the confidence and the the understanding that, you know, you can make stuff happen. You can create things. Like, it's not that complicated. I can build businesses. That's all it is. It's selling products on eBay, right? It's a business. It's mm. a stuff. Um, so I'd say that's probably one from a, a business perspective that sticks in my mind. Mm. Any really challenging experiences that, that shaped you? So something that like a struggle, an obstacle, something that you had to overcome 
that you're like, man, this is this is something that is going to make a difference in my life? Um, I think, I mean, I'm trying to think back and get me, get me, bring back all the sorts of stuff. I mean, like my parents split up when I was 11 um, and that gave me uh, a lot more free time and a lot more perspective on the world because they lived in separate houses and so it changed a bit of the dynamic. But I don't, I'm not sure there's anything in particular than other than it just creates a, you know, you understand the world a little bit more, right? Like everything's not rosy all the time. Um, that it gives you different perspectives, I think, but not anything in particular. Um, in terms of like, I guess as a kid, you know, there was, there was this is probably one that's quite more emotional, psychological, which was always a barrier for me, which was... Um, so basically, and it's weird because most kids would love this, right? Um, where my dad was actually my soccer coach from under 10s to under 16. So for like six years, he was my soccer coach. And it always put this like doubt in me of like, oh, I'm just playing because I'm the coach's son. And I didn't know if I was actually that good. I wasn't the best player on the team by any stretch. Like we had quite a good team. I wasn't up there at all. And it always just put this thing in me of like, was I good enough? Could I stand on my own two feet? Was I being like just supported by him? And so it was quite like a weird psychological thing for me, I think, for six years, right? Which then... um put a lot of like negative things into me from a confidence perspective and was I good enough? And there was a lot of like that negative self-talk. Um, but then I guess what helped overcome that was then just obviously stepping into adults um, soccer when I was 16, went and joined an adults team when my dad wasn't the coach and then had to kind of survive in that environment and deal with it and, and grow up from it. Um, you know, which meant you'd get put on the bench sometimes and things would be different. But then mm. at the same time, you would then actually work your way into the team, get fitter, train harder. Um, and then when you get into the team and you perform, then it's like it's on you. And you could, I guess I could validate myself that I was actually okay. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So was there anything that, that your dad was saying or was this like all internal stuff that you, you like a dialogue you had with yourself? I think it was a lot internal dialogue and like I just have it as this thing that was hanging over me for years playing soccer as a young kid I was like am I good enough what's happening you know like you know kids would say stuff as well like and it wasn't that I was the worst on the team or whatever but kids would always be like oh you're just playing because your dad's there or whatever like they'd mm. say snarky things in the school playground or whatever and yeah, it would weigh on me a lot. Like I was some, I guess I was always someone that like wanted to do, well, actually thinking about it, going back where it probably actually comes from, thinking about it, and I haven't thought about this connection before, but um, was, so when I moved to England from Holland, I missed the first year of school. Mm. So I was always behind. Like I was a year behind on reading, writing, everything because we just missed the school timings when we moved and so from the beginning I was like a year behind and so that 
was also like, I, re- I still remember the feelings of like being in the classroom bit, and they're like, right, so everyone open your page on this and do this. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about or what I'm going to be able to do here. Um, mm. And so that, that, and having to probably overcome that is probably the first instance I can remember of it where it's like driven me to be like, I never want to feel like that again. Mm. Okay, so that's that's powerful. So that moment, do you think that that started to create this drive and ambition in you that um, still is part of you today? Oh, for sure. Like I, my methodology in business today is like, I don't trust anyone or anything. And if I'm going into like a conversation of, and it's not that I don't trust people, I do trust people. But if I'm going into a situation where we're say going to, you know, explore a new opportunity in a new channel, sake of argument, something like Amazon, right? Like we're going to launch an Amazon. I don't, I'm not comfortable just letting an agency or a freelancer or someone be like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how you're going to do it. And I'll manage it for you. I'm like, no, I want to learn it inside out so that I know what's right. And then we'll potentially build it together from there. Like I just can't, sit back and not know and feel like I don't know. And I'm not kind of in control of that situation somehow. Mm. So do you feel like this is a, a healthy aspect of you or does it feel unhealthy at times because you feel like you have to have control over things that maybe you don't need to control? I think there's definitely a, you know, a transition that I'm learning over the last year, especially around like trusting my team and letting them, own stuff in certain areas so there's probably the the downside of that is that lack of trust in occasion but actually the trait of I don't care what it is I'm going to figure it out and I want to be an expert in it has helped me dramatically get where I am today right because I'm the CEO of Tonic Health but any given day I'm jumping from finance to logistics to marketing to sales to UK to US to all different elements of my business and I can't run it properly if I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so being able to be kind of, you know, a have an attitude of always learning and wanting to understand what makes things tick, um, is very powerful. And then B just being able to flex between those different areas enables me to like add value and make a difference. Right. Whereas I've seen it in other businesses where you get directors and they like genuinely just don't have a clue in, marketing as an example and then they have to be there because it's their job and they have to oversee it because it's a job but they don't add any value and they just can't manage it and then they're basically reliant on what people are telling them and the trust and you know it's where things go wrong like you need to be able to contribute and you need to be able to add value to any given situation yeah i agree man so you you played soccer for quite a while. Uh, how far did you take the soccer career? Oh, it was never really a career. Like it wasn't gonna, you know, be my career. Business was right. a bit always more my career. But I mean, I took it to, you know, levels where playing like for a semi professional team in London, semi professional team. I went back to um, Amsterdam for a year uh, to work for a company out there, um, and I played for a semi professional team out there. So it was like serious. It was you know, four hours of training a week, you know, 
proper match days, proper squads, uh, physios coming to games. Like it was a proper setup. It was um, it was nice to play at that kind of proper competitive level. But yeah, it was never. Uh, I was never that good. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm sure soccer kept you in plenty good shape, right? So after soccer, was there ever a time where you found yourself like falling out of shape as an adult? Um. I mean, I've I've consistently always played soccer. I still do today. Um, so I haven't ever let it go, which has kind of kept me in a you know a, a good ish steady state. Um, you know, at times when I was younger, like in my early twenties, there would be like periods where I'm like, right, we're, you know, we're out partying every weekend and we're eating shit and you know being a young adult. But I would always go through like a period of that and then feel really bad. And then I would just be like, right, I'm going to go run a marathon. And then I'd just sign up to a marathon. And then I was like four months of no drink training and like go run a marathon. So I've always had a bit of that yin and yang. Okay. I got you. Well, the, through it all, something led you into this passion that you have now, which is tonic health and just, um, I think health in general. So what, what made you want to dive headfirst into that? Um, in all honesty, like I think, and you know, I've been fascinated by what the human body can do and how like you can feel different and you can have real effects on performance, on how you feel and your health and sickness, right? So I think I always had this um, like background interest um, in it and then at some point um i was still working corporate jobs i was working in a bank and doing stuff and i would get sick like three four five times a winter and i was like damn what's going on like i I play sport i think i'm healthy i think i'm good um and i wasn't good um and so i was like right i need to learn what's going on and try and figure this out and realized I had nutrient deficiencies that meant I had low energy I was catching every cold going um and then started to look into okay well how do I fix this what are the vitamins I can take to correct it what's going on looked into the market and saw that basically everything out there was such low dose that it wouldn't correct my deficiencies unless I took it every day for 12 months I was like Mm. that's no good often had artificial sweeteners in it or loads of sugar, which is like, I know they're not good. Um, and then because with my, you know, with my business brain on, I was like, wow, there's just a real gap in this industry because everyone just assumes vitamins are healthy, right? They just assume, oh, it's a vitamin, it's good for me. But actually, in actual fact, that's made the industry incredibly lazy and incredibly bad at developing products and as a result you've got an industry that's selling you more sugar than it is vitamin on average mm. um so it's like i saw that and i was like i first then made my own like concoctions in my kitchen fixed my nutrient deficiencies by upping the doses by like clean and pure options and making my own things and I was like, wow, now I don't get sick anymore. Like I literally went from getting five times a winter sick to zero and hadn't been sick in years. And I was like, damn, like, is this really how powerful it is? Is this the potential of the human body? Like we're all taught that we just catch a cold and are unlucky, right? 
but our immune systems this incredibly powerful weapon and tool that keeps us protected and actually if you feed it and you fuel it in the right way then you don't need to get sick you know your cuts can heal faster with a more uh, a stronger immune system right uh what what cleans cancer cells in your body right we all have cancer cells developing our body over our life right that's the fact of just the cellular process but what deals with it is your immune system it goes and detects it cleans it up and moves on and that process will happen multiple times throughout our life without us even knowing and that's the power of the immune system um and so it just i went down this rabbit hole of like wow this is insanely fascinating understood the business opportunity and then genuinely thought it was like a complete con and like unfair ethically what the industry was doing and i was like i need to change this this is crazy um so yeah that's kind of what got me there all right so lots of powerful things there we could that could turn into its own podcast alone just that subject because i think it is crazy what is allowed to be in our food in general all right or um, let alone like what's in supplements and in, in vitamins these days. So um, the fact that you saw a gap and you said, I- I'm going to fill this gap is I think a powerful and courageous step. So tell me how it goes from idea to, all right, here's the first step we're going to take. What does that look like? Actually quite a few years. So the idea was when I was getting sick all the time back in Barclays Bank in probably 2014, 15, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is where my you know mindset philosophy of like, I want to learn everything before I do something so I, I know what I'm doing. Um, that's where that came into play because my, my first move and my first step was to go, okay, I know I want to be in health. I know I want to change the health industry from the inside out. How do I do it? I don't know how. I don't know how that industry operates. I was in banking at the time. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to go get a job at a a big multinational food company. So I was applying to jobs at Nestle and, you know, wherever. Because I was like, well, if I go in there, I learn. And then from there, I can build it out. Um, That didn't work because they wouldn't hire me because I had no experience in food. And I was already like a level in banking. And so then I had to just go, okay, well, let me go get into the nitty gritty and really build something from the ground up. And luckily um, I found through like a recruitment website, there was a startup looking for um, some like business help writing the business plan. They were pre-launched. They hadn't even launched the product. They had a founder who had a fantastic idea um, actually in baby food and wanted to change the baby food industry, but they didn't have any idea how to write a business plan or, you know, build a commercial model or stuff like that. So that's where I could use my banking knowledge, come in, add value to them. But I actually did it for six months for free as like mm. an internship. And because they were pre-trading, they couldn't really pay me. I was still young. I was like, look, I want to learn. This is what I want. Da-da-da. This is what you want. Let's just see what we can do. And so for six months, I've worked like, you know, a couple of evenings a week and most Sundays outside of my nine to five day job um, to just upskill, upskill, learn what was going on. So I could download a lot of info from them in terms of what was working in the food industry, what wasn't, like how they were building things. So it was a really good school, right, essentially, um, that I got in the food industry. 
that then wasn't even enough. I then took another corporate job in Virgin um, Atlantic for a couple of years until the point where they'd got big enough and launched and said, hey, do you want to come back and be our head of commercial? And so that's when I went back to the baby food company and spent 18 months in the baby food company full time, now finally paid. Um, but really, you know, a good two full years of working in the industry to realize, okay, now I know how it works. Now I understand it. And now I can take the next step in my journey to go and do my own thing. And at the time, it wasn't even tonic yet because I had the idea for tonic, but I had no money, right? Like I was just working a job. I hadn't, didn't have any personal savings or whatever. So my first step was actually to then go create an agency um, called LVK Global, which is still running today, where I created a sales and marketing agency to help food and drink brands with managing the supermarkets and sales and marketing and commercial and stuff. And so created that, used that for a couple of years to like build up a bit of cash. Um, and then off the back of that, launched Tonic. So it's been quite a step-by-step incremental journey. It hasn't been like, right, I'm all in. Let's jump in without a parachute. It's been, you know, I've taken my time, built mm. up my knowledge. And then from there, you know, arguably when I launched it, you know, there was still so much knowledge I didn't know. Right. And the last three years of actually running Tonic has still been an incredible school of how to run a business. Mm. So, okay, I want to hear more about the the three year journey. But first, why the name Tonic? Very simply, um, you know, the definition of Tonic is something around, you know, a food or a tonic that has a function for the human body and health. Um, And for me, it was about helping people understand and believe that food vitamins what we put in our body is actually functional um because when you look at the industry from a regulatory perspective which is also quite interesting there are guiding lines in the fda and in the uk with the mhra that said like literally the first thing in the regulation is Food is not medicine and can have no medical effect on the human body and you can never claim as such. So they've literally put a wall in between it and said, yo, this isn't allowed because we're going to go and create a drug industry over here. And that's the only thing that can work. Mm. So that that's like in the law and the legislation. And I was like, that's bullshit. And so the name tonic is kind of like a little bit of a hint to be like, that it's not true. Like it can't have an effect. That's big. That's powerful, man. I hope yeah. everybody listening really caught that because that is, uh, it's interesting how these laws and, and these laws and loopholes are created to where, uh, it favors, favors the big industries quite a bit because there's only one way for you to get help. And that's to take our medicine and to, to do, what we want you to do because we have a whole system that's ready for you to, to onboard you. That has nothing to do with health. Um, you know, of course there are some, some interventions and things that are necessary in that industry, but when it comes down to just everyday health, that's not where it's at. It's in things that, you know, like you're doing and, and food because, you know, food does provide a lot of what we need. So, um, so you've had a three-year journey with Tonic. You've been putting the education out there. What What is Tonic's message? Like, whoa, why is it here? 
Why is it here? I mean, in its simplest form, you know, we want people to understand that health can be easy and it's very powerful. And what I mean by easy is, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to make things complicated with the latest superfood or calorie counting or this latest Atkins diet, right? With a different name or whatever it is. It gets complicated. It's hard. And by and large, most people struggle to stick to it, right? Um, I've never counted a calorie in my life and I've never got fat and I've always just, you know, tried to keep myself healthy. And I just basically, along my own journey, realized it's not about those big programs or plans or it's a lifestyle, right? It's what you do every day. And the best way to sum it up is, you know, small habits are what, you know, create your being in your life and so it's those little daily choices it's those do I take my vitamins this morning do I you know choose this healthier option of x versus y like it's these little moments in your life if you more often than not make those right choices and make you know good positive choices for your health then I believe the world would be a lot of a lot healthier place, right? We just get sucked into, oh, I need to go on this three month diet, and it's really complicated. And you try it for a couple of weeks, and then you give up, and then you just go and binge eat pizza and burgers and whatever else. And it's like it's not really going to make an impact. And I'm all about trying to yeah make an impact in people's health um, in a very easy way, so that we can affect as many people as possible. Mm, I love that. So. I know uh, one of your your products is these tonic gummies, which, by the way, mine just emptied out, so I'm due for a refill. Um, no sugar added, fuel for your life without the sugar. Tell me, what are your thoughts on sugar? <laughs> sugar is, I mean, it's pretty much public enemy number one. And it's weird because obviously a little bit of sugar in the diet from natural sources like honey and maple syrup isn't actually that bad where it's gone wrong is the amount and it's always the amount we consume and the fact that we put it in everything which is the biggest killer right because i don't think we'd be in this place if it was just candy bars right because your body has like built-in mechanisms where you know what you eat a chocolate bar you kind of feel a bit rubbish afterwards you might not eat a second one or if you're wild and you're movie night or whatever, you might eat two. But you're certainly not going to eat three, four, five because you will just feel ill, right? Your body will tell you. We have these built-in mechanisms to like self-regulate a little bit. Um, where it's gone wrong is, you know, we've engineered our food system so that sugar is in absolutely everything you eat all day long and drink all day long to the point where we've just saturated our bodies with way too much sugar and our bodies can't cope anymore, which is why we have, you know, the rises in type two diabetes. It's why we have the obesity epidemic. Like the the data is all there. Like sugar can age your cells faster. Um, It can, you know, it obviously messes with your energy levels because you get on a roller coaster of like insulin spikes and blood sugar crashes. There's just so many ways it just wreaks havoc on our body with the amount we consume. And then going back to, you know, what I believe in, it's like, I'm not going to stop people eating candy bars. It's not the message. The message is, hey, well, you know, you're going to go to the movies. Hey, you're going to eat some candy. No problem. 
but there's some candy over here, like, you know, Lily's is a brand, or there's multiple options out there that do it without sugar. They've found ways to take it out. Or you train your body to enjoy 85% dark chocolate, because do you know what? There's not really that much sugar in that. So you can eat, you know, I genuinely eat chocolate almost every night, but I eat 92% dark chocolate and there's like no sugar in it. And I have a couple of squares and it's like chocolate or cacao itself is a health food, right? Um, right. So for me, the, the sugar thing is about, again, it's like, how can we help people make these small steps and how can we cut out sugar from places where it shouldn't be, right? So you used to put two teaspoons of sugar in your coffee or your tea. Most people did. We've now like slowly weaned our way off that. Um, but for me, it's like, hey, why has your kid's vitamin got a teaspoon of sugar in it? Why has your mm. gummy vitamin got? Some of them have two teaspoons of sugar per serving. So it's like two teaspoons of sugar first thing in the morning to get your day started. And you think, okay, well, it's just a little bit. But then in your bowl of cereal, you're having another three, four teaspoons, potentially, you know, then your snack, your oat bar or whatever it is, has another couple of teaspoons. Then at lunch, your sandwich or whatever you're eating with sauce on it has got more sugar in it. And you just go throughout the day like that. And you're just like, on average, I think we over consume the amount of sugar we have in our body by about double on a daily basis. And then you do that for 10 years and wonder why we get into these problems. Mm. Yeah, man. So, you doing these gummies without sugar, no added sugar, no artificial sweeteners, no uh, artificial colors or flavors, no nuts, no dairy, no GMO. So what's the situation um, with the artificial colors? Like, why, why do the colors have to be put in everything? It's all like sensory stimulation basically in its simplest form right it's i want this to smell good taste good look good so that the consumer is going to eat more of it that's basically what the food industry is designed to develop and it's why we all on average overeat right because we've made these ultra processed foods that are hyper palatable and you'll get a, a bowl of fruit loops that looks like you know it's called fruit loops you're like okay fruit's good for me it looks all colorful, like all different fruits. Fruit Loops have never seen fruit. They don't know what fruit is. There's no fruit in there. You know, they could use what what we do because you still want your gummy to look good and taste good, right? What we do is you can use stuff like black carrot concentrate to make stuff purple. Or you can use beetroot to make stuff red. Or, you know, there's just natural alternatives. They're, they're a bit more expensive, but they do exactly the same thing. Whereas the food industry has gone, how do we make this as cheap as possible? And we don't care about your health. And so they've created these red 40, yellow five, like all these artificial concoctions, which if you ask me, I don't even know what's underneath that name. Like I don't actually know the chemical construction of what's in that, but ADHD and kids, uh, hyperactivity links to all sorts of other issues in kids through these dyes to the point where in the UK, a lot of them are even banned. You're not allowed to use them because Europe, the European Union has said that this stuff has been linked to too many problems. We're not going to allow it in our food system. Whereas in the US, they're like, don't worry about it. Just give it to your kids in the first thing in the morning for breakfast. Um, so it's mm. my view on it, right, where you get 
we've had lots of other influencers like try and come at us and go, oh, it's fine, this proven safe, and the FDA would if if they say it's safe, it's safe. And you're like, yeah, sure, it's probably safe if you have it like once or twice or three times or four times. But if you have it in your cereal and then you have it in your snack bar and then you have it in your lunch and then you have it in your drink and then you do that mm. for 10 years, Got now tell me whether it's healthy. And you, you can't show that data because when you just step away from like the thing, you just look at the macro data on all these diseases, all these issues, they're just going one way. And that's only coming from our food system. Yeah. No doubt. And there's a, there's a two words that you just used back to back that I really want people to hear. And this the the chemical construction. Right. I've never heard it put that way, but that is brilliant to understand, like what's really going on in this industry is like this chemically constructed stuff that's being allowed on our plate. That's where that that's called being called food, which is not food at all, is it's a problem. It's a Huge. problem. So uh, I feel like you should rip more on that not right now but just like in general like in the videos and stuff that you put out like the chemical construction is i think for me it just draws this picture of um, somebody in a white lab coat in this back room with a dim light putting these things together and saying you know what i think we got it y'all let's let's send this out it's good to go humans can consume this and probably live another day at least you know and that's <laughs> to me it's just it's just amazing so um I think the work you're doing is really important. So tell me um, all you can about these gummies. I know you have a, a kid formula too, correct? I have, yeah. I've got adults and kids, uh, multivitamin and immunity vitamin. Um, you know, the purpose of them was essentially, I again saw a bit of a like big flaw in the industry that I was like, this is going the wrong way and I don't like it and it's not fair for people's health. So what happened in the last five years is everyone in the industry decided, okay, well, do you know what? Tablets are boring. People don't like swallowing them. They're not fun. They don't remember to take them because it's like a chore rather than something nice and delicious. So they decided to basically transition the vitamin industry from tablets to gummies, which has now happened. The biggest format of vitamins in the world is now gummies. Mm. But in that process, if you look at the macro data, they actually reduced the amount of vitamin in the gummies by on average 44% when already it wasn't enough in tablets. Mm. We need higher doses. And then they also increased the sugar by seven and a half times. So the whole industry just went and shifted itself in a negative way from a bad starting point. Um, so I was like, well, what I'm not going to do is tell people you can't have gummies because, hey, You've tried them. They taste great, right? I'm not going to tell you you can't have gummies, but let's do gummies in the right way. So mm. what that meant for us was we needed to find a partner who could help us make these gummies where we actually correct the doses. So we're minimum two to four times stronger than any other gummy on the shelf. So you're actually getting a good dose of vitamin in those gummies compared to the other gummies. And then obviously stripped out the sugar, um, replaced it with beetroot fiber, so it's, you know, a good bit of extra fiber in the diet. It's all natural. Um, the sweetness from the beetroot helps flavor the product with a little bit of natural flavoring. Um, and then you get a delicious tasting gummy without the sugar at a dose that will actually give you some health benefit. Man, this is, this is great. So I know, I know for a fact that it costs you more to make 
this gummy and there's something you said to me in a conversation we had uh, after one of the workouts that mm-hmm. I really want you to share. And that's about just profit margins, right? Like what's you, you've been willing to take on less of a profit margin because you're, you're that passionate about people's health being better. Just talk to me about that. Absolutely. I and mean, this is where, when I say like, I want to change the industry, I really mean it. Like I want us to be, you know, the change agent or the catalyst to reset the vitamin industry because you know what happens when you decrease the vitamin content by 44 percent and increase the sugar content by seven and a half percent your margins go through the roof and on average vitamin companies are making about 85 percent gross margin on every bottle of gummies they're selling which is a lot i came from baby food where we were making 35 to 40 percent gross margin because we were selling essentially fruits and vegetables in a pouch right So I was used to small margins and I understood that you could still build a business on small margins. And I also then couldn't understand how they were allowed to make such big margins, right? Because they're just making tons of money and ripping off the consumer basically in the vitamin space. So we took a decision to to lower that margin dramatically by about 30% to get it down to about 50 to 55% gross and reinvest that difference purely into the quality of the product. Right. We're still a small company. We haven't got the manufacturing efficiencies or scale of some of these guys, but we can go to Walmart. We can go to Target. We can go to Kroger and be like, here's a comparison chart of how much vitamin you're getting in our product and no sugar versus all these. And by the way, we're like a dollar more. You need to have this on your shelf. And we've had incredible amounts of success with that in the UK and now in the US with launching in Walmart where they're just like, wow, okay, you are an amazing value vitamin and you're way better than these things we've got on the shelf. Even though you're still a young company, we want you. Um, so they can see what we're doing. Um, so yeah, my my hope is at some stage that then the vitamin companies have to react and have to start increasing the levels of vitamin they put in their vitamin essentially. So more people get health benefits. Beautiful, man. So what is the what is the vision that you see for Tonic? Where do you see it going? It's a very good question. I mean, I'm so in the thick of it day to day, I sometimes forget to step back and go, where can this go and what can this do? But, you know, from from our content that we put out on social media as well, which is broader than just vitamins and we try and share health content um, for people every day, like I just want to help people. Um, I want to help people be healthier. By and large, most people have that thing where they're like, I know I could be a bit better or a bit healthier, but they just don't do it because it's a bit complicated. I want to make it really easy for people. I want to totally disrupt the vitamin industry. So it totally flips it on its head. And people are like, I need my vitamins. Whereas I don't know, it's less so in the US, but in the UK, there is genuinely a common myth that goes around, which is like, do vitamins actually work? Believe it or not. People like question that because for years they've been buying vitamins that they don't feel the difference of. And it's because Mm. it's such low dose or whatever that it doesn't really do much for them. But the very fact that like we die if we don't get vitamins in our body, right? We'll get scurvy, we'll get rickets, you know, you name it. We'll get diseases which will kill us if we don't get vitamins. Yet there can still be a question whether these things actually work or not or are useful for our body just shows how disconnected and messed up the industry has become and 
you know, that's what I want to change. I want people to understand how powerful these things can be and how therapeutic they can be and how much of a difference they can make you feel, you know, to your energy, how you go and live your life, right? Like everyone's taking these pre-workouts, going to the gym, being like, oh, I need to get a pump on or I need pre-workout for energy. I'm like, dude, I fasted. I didn't eat for 24 hours and I'm still in the gym and I feel great. Like people don't understand that your body's an amazing engine and it can carry you through this life without like all these things. You just have to look after it in the right way. And I think ultimately that's the understanding I want people to have. Yeah. And I feel like you're doing a great job of that. Like I see you getting the message out, the stuff you're sharing on social media. Um, and, and again, I think you're still in the infancy stages, right? Only three years into this journey of building this. And you've, you've got some amazing traction just since I've known you in January, being able to get into the Walmart stores. And, I'm, and again, I think that's just the beginning for what you're doing. So what does it mean to you to be a committed man? Good question. Um, I think there's a lot of, dedication and commitment to well i shouldn't use the word commitment that's a bad way of describing the commitment uh there's a lot of dedication and consistency to who you are and what you believe in um you know we all get busy tired distracted whatever it is um but to be the committed man i think you have to be steadfast in what you stand for what your ethics are and where you want the world to be and how you show up um, because of that, right? Like, I, to, I mean, it's not the simplest answer, but to, to put it into my everyday, right? It's very easy for me to get distracted, busy, and then get sucked into a situation where I don't behave as I should. Or, you know, in its simplest form, I skip my gym. In its more complex form, I, like, don't behave and stand up for my values and what I believe in. I just mm. get busy and try and run with something because I need to just run with it, but it's not actually congruent with who I am and what we stand for. And I think in the last six months, especially the tonic journey, as I've learned that more, I've been able to have way different conversations with people about like, no, no, this is what we're trying to do. This is our expectation of the world and the industry we want to create and how we want to help people. And therefore, this is what we need from you, as opposed to just letting someone have some bad behavior or whatever else, you know. So mm. it is, yeah, it's that, it's that consistency and it's that um, belief, self-confidence and steadfastness that you don't get distracted and you keep being who you are that I think makes you a committed man that can change the world. No doubt. And I think you're on that track. And not I think. I know you're on that track for sure. Um, I think everybody listening to this, make sure you go to Sano's personal account, which is at The Health Fix, The Health Fix on Instagram. And the business account is at Tonic Health. And Tonic is T O N I C, Tonic Health. Um, check those out. Look at the content he's putting out very simple uh you know eat this not that scenarios where you can learn like what's really going on with the ingredients uh learn how to become a label detective uh so you don't get duped by this industry and then uh also make sure you check out the gummies right no sugar added the cleanest gummies you're going to find on the market he's putting his profit margins 
on the line to be able to bring this to the world. So, Sana, I appreciate the way you are showing up. Uh, I honor you as the man you are, and I I want to be part of helping Tonic grow in any way I can. So, uh, you just let me know how I can serve, and I'm there for you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. For sure. Appreciate your time. And everybody listening to this, I appreciate your attention. Make sure you share this with anybody who you know uh, has a uh, desire to be more healthy, which there's somebody in your life for sure. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.